Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. A week that ended not as some would like. We saw a lot of drops in the corn and the beans, while the wheat market may have been a surprising factor for many. It was on the cattle waiting for the cash to develop, and the hogs finishing with some positive moves on the week as earlier in the week, there was a push from packers saying, hey, we need more hogs. We're going to talk about all the factors moving in. Oh, yeah, don't forget, there was a WASDE and a bunch of other reports that were tossed in as well. So stick around. It's time to dive in on this week's report. Meet the champions of innovation in the heart of Nebraska. They're not just farmers, and they nurture more than just crops. Pushing boundaries and turning challenges into opportunities. They trade knowledge and know-how, and their dedication doesn't end at harvest. It's in your every bite and every drive. The future of food, fuel, and fiber, and the future of Nebraska starts right here. Well, welcome back once again. Of course, joining us is Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment. And then we've got Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. So we've got to talk about these reports. And I think somebody described it the best, and, and I had a farmer agree, data dump. I think was the best way to describe what we saw this week on the numbers. So Jeff, I want to start with you. Kind of give me your takeaway of those three big reports that were thrown at us all in one day. Yeah, when we when we take a look at that and you look big picture on it, it it is interesting that for the February report to just go ahead and get a, a good feel of you know South American production. We know we saw some adjustments there. We saw the lowering on both corn and the soybean side out of uh, South America. Um, didn't see that necessarily in Argentina. Probably we'll see additional adjustments that need to happen down the road. As we come back over to the U.S. side, we know our ending stock number. Ending stock numbers were raised, you know, on the corn side slightly because basically a, de a decrease on the industrial use. And so it brought up our ending stocks about 10 million bushels. And then over on the bean side, you know, lowered exports 35 million bushels. And that flowed through right to the ending stock number um, over there. So what we know going forward is that I think on the corn side, I think we'll see some adjustments. I think we can bring exports up down the road. I think we can bring ethanol demand up down on the road. So we should be able to see a, a reduction on getting socks down the road. Over on the bean side, though, unfortunately, we know that crush needs to be increased at some point down the road, but there's probably some additional room also to see a pullback on maybe some additional export reduction too. All right, Sue, what about for you? What what was your takeaway of those numbers this week? Well, I think we expected exports to come down. Did we expect 35 million bushels? Probably not. Uh, but we did expect it to come down. Uh, WASDE lowered the farm gate price by 10 cents from 12.72 to 12.62. Uh, on corn, they didn't change a whole lot of anything other than food and in, in, uh industrial usage, uh, maybe 10 million bushels, very little there, but that everything went straight on both corn and beans to the carryout. But I think the trade really was looking more at what the um, uh, Brazilian production number would be in Argentina's. And granted, I think there was more of an expectation that WASDE would raise the Argentine production, ever be it so slightly, but they did not. They left it the same. And they expected 
a little bit more of a reduction out of the USDA. Now we were at 155 expectation for the USDA, not where we think the crop is, but what they might come out with. And they didn't even come there. They were at 156 down 1 million metric tons, which I think is interesting because um, I want to say it was late January, there was a crop tour of commercials, Cargill, uh, ADM, Bungie, I'm not sure, but I think Louis Dreyfus might have been in it too, but I know the other three were, and they had uh, representatives that all met in Brazil and did a crop tour together. And they surmised afterwards that the crop was better than everybody had been talking, and they kind of guess estimated 156, right in line with what the USDA came out. Well. It's going to be interesting because CONAB really took a drop from 155 down to 149.3 or 4. And so, you know, that was a pretty sharp reduction. And you would think CONAB would have a better clue on their own country than maybe what the USDA is doing. But uh, for now, there was big disappointment. Of course, the markets fell. But if you looked at the bean market on that break yesterday, it was like peeling layer upon layer upon layer in that break. That's buying under the market. And so today, inside down day, of course, 1197 is where you closed last Friday. We couldn't close over that, couldn't even get over it. And so if you can't take out the high of yesterday, you should go try the low. We couldn't even get the low out. So a very quiet trade to, on Friday. And I think that uh, we still have good support around 1179, 1178. And uh, we'll put that to a good test starting next week. But next week's outlook by uh, traders and producers is all going to change away from this report and start looking at the Ag Forum outlook that starts next Monday. Oh yeah, that's just going to have that's just going to add a whole new layer. And um, I want to come back to that Ag Outlook Forum. But you, since we're talking prices, Jeff, can you kind of give me your thoughts uh, where you see these numbers for corn going now that we've gotten through the WASDE report? ahead of Ag Outlook and everything else for the month of February? Sure, and what's interesting about that is as we dig in, and one of the questions we get asked a lot, um, Susan, is, you know, is this market over undervalued? And, you know, if we go back and look at the stocks to use ratios, and we look at the, in particular, the July numbers, you know, where is July at on corn? Basically one week from, from basically when the February report comes out. And we go back and look at a similar time when we've had a stocks to use somewhere around about 14.9%, that would end up taking us back to really a, a price level uh, probably in the 380, 385 area. Now we know we need to make some adjustments in there for inflation. So maybe we bring that up to 416. The other adjustment needs to be made that we have to re remember is that a similar type of stocks to use ratio back in 2009 when we had prices in that area, uh, at that time, the crude oil was sitting there at about $39 a barrel. So it does need to be a little adjustment higher. My whole point to bring this up is that currently we're setting you know, over 450 on the July future. So from a fundamental perspective, there is still room for this market to back off. Now, even though, even though I say that longer term down the road, I still think we'll have some items come in, whether that be South American weather problems, the Safrina crop whether that be some acreage adjustments here in the U.S. or some weather problems in the U.S. I think down the road we'll have a chance to sell something better than this. Now, as we mm -hmm. dig a little bit deeper and look at new crop, a study that we did, we went back through 2008 all the way through 2023 and said, when we go from really when the February reports released 
and look at what does the price do? Have we have we put in a high or do we normally would put in you know, a higher high yet than that where that price is at for December futures? What we found in all those years, we would find a, a higher price at some point down the road. It may not be a lot. For instance, in 2013, it was only up a couple percent, which had been eight and three quarters cents. But each of those years, at least we did see something higher down the road, Susan. So should we be feeling defeated, Sue, when we look at these markets? I mean, it's so easy to put the blinders on and look at February, what March might be, before we see the planters rolling for both corn and beans. Well, I think that when we look at this market, first off, February is crop insurance month. And, and if we don't see something better than what we're looking at, that's not real fun for the farmer to think about. It's not very um, optimistic for the future. But I will say that I think when we look at this market, um, I think farmers have to realize we have another new crop year coming. They're gonna start thinking the best at, at the beginning. They always have to. And in the meantime, we need to continue to watch the weather and see how it prevails. You know, we're, we're gonna start into spring and I think we're looking at possibly a wet spring this year, which we should, you know, could really use. And in the meantime, but you get more into summer, we're gonna turn away from El Nino to La Nina, either July or August. And then that puts, sets us up for a drier fall. Well, that's ideal for harvesting but it's next year's markets that are probably gonna be on a roll compared to this year. So we're setting the market up and lower markets create bigger demand. And you've got China into the year of a dragon. Usually their economy does pretty well in a year of a dragon. It's the first full year after they came out of lockdowns. I think China's gonna get their act together this year and that could help stimulate some demand too. It's gonna go back to what is Brazil's production. And the attitude down there is, well, the later planted beans are gonna make up for some of the loss of the early. And then Argentina coming back to a more normal production is going to help compensate. I think Argentina needs money. They're not gonna, they're gonna be crushing those beans and sending it out as product. Jeff, what about the dollar and the influence it continues to have? And, and it makes us have some interesting export lack thereof opportunities at this point. The first thing, the first thing that we need to, to take a look at on that and think about is that it's U.S. dollar index that everybody usually talks about. And on the U.S. dollar index, I mean, the heavily weighted one is is the euro. So but what we have to dig in and look at is that when we've seen an increase in the, the U.S. dollar, what that does is that that has put some, you know, some headwind against these markets because all of the things being equal that has made it so that our, our prices, even though we you know, make adjustments for our prices, that does make us relatively higher price. But what we have to realize, though, is that the key to it is what is our relationship to U.S. dollar versus the Brazilian real and also against the Chinese currency. And as a result of that, you know, China is pretty well pegged where we're at. And you look at where the real is versus where us at. You know, I, I think it does give us a headwind, Susan, but I, I'd say there's other items that are more important. All right, as we get ready to wrap up this week's episode, we've got to talk some livestock here quick. Sue, I'm going to toss this at you. Um, cattle have seen some, some decent upticks in the trade, and then it kind of took a dive at the, at the week's end, only to have hogs see some positive numbers. So they kind of flip-flopped as the week went on. Well, I think the hog and cattle are seeing 
uh, spreading between the two going on. But I think when I look at uh, the hog market, we have to keep in mind that uh, for 2024, we are forecast to see a 2.1% increase. And that's even in the face of revised numbers of last year. So I think we're looking at a market that's going to be, we're going to have plentiful supplies of pork. However, exports are also supposed to be up about 3.8%. And so I think that's, um, the pork market has some good fundamentals going for it, even though I sort of feel like the last pit crop report may have not had some accuracy in it, but uh, because to keep not showing signs of liquidation and have the markets doing what it's done and kept this high summer price that we have, something's going on. So I think that uh, when we look at the hog market, I have to be, um, I think you're going to see a chance for a little bit more price improvement, but I, it's a market that I have a hard time getting enthusiastic about chasing. The cattle market, different ball game. You know, we've had huge re, uh, reprieve in the, in the cattle market. We're seeing cash trade today, some 182 bids breaking out in Nebraska, uh, 287 uh, in the dress. Can we make 290 before we settle tonight? Uh, we might, but I think the packer is, he's one, he's killing in the red and he knows his numbers are tight. You know, there's one thing that we don't talk about much, but it's all this immigration that we're getting. And when we start to talk about per capita uh, product for, you know, usage uh, for the consumer, well, the more people we keep accumulating every day, every month, every year, that's more product that has to be spread around. And I'm wondering if that lowers our per capita usage. All right. Well, I appreciate both of you joining us this week. Want to quickly remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup.